This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Shades of Grey. I'm Van Velding, and I have seen this episode a number of times, which can only be expressed as a polynomial. And I'm Derek, and this is my first time watching this episode made of other episodes. <laughs> you ready? Yep. And three, two, one, engage. So, clip show, right? Golden Girls could do clip shows. Yeah, Golden only, Girls could do that. They could get away with that. Only Golden Girls. They're the exception that proves the rule. You think your other show, which is also on television at the same time, Golden Girls Star Trek? You're not. <laughs> yeah, you need to just pump your brakes and try to learn what you can. <laughs> but, you know, it, we all call Golden Girls an instant classic, but these guys didn't know. Yeah, no. It, it was just another TV show. It was just on CBS. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they, they didn't know. Uh, so, I mean, this is kind of an interesting concept here, um, which is, I, I, I like that they introduce it. Like, hey, look, surveying stuff can be dangerous because you're the first person to set on a planet. And who knows, that that flower that you're smelling could have poison darts <laughs> on all the original <laughs> that, series. <laughs> that happens, yeah. And you guys still go down there and just, woven wool, huh? Yeah. It's a little bit of nylon in there. Ninety-eight percent wool, two percent nylon. I think I think your primitive oh. I think your primitive shamans wearing makeup. <laughs> I just yeah, that's great to wear to a planet, isn't it? You guys get contact lenses in. You cannot wear contact lenses to an alien planet. Yes, it's they, not acceptable. They may say what colored contact lenses really? That's purely cosmetic. But let's let's remark on how far we have come, though. I do, I do like this first... real quick. Sorry, uh, that they they yeah. make sure to remember that she doesn't like the transporter. Yeah, yeah, and they actually bring it up, and it's a plot thing. He, I, I think he's trying to set her at ease, <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe he's or, just being a or dick. Or being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, he's Irish, so I guess that's kind of their sense of humor, you know, racially speaking. I I would not know. Yeah. I do either. know that he's. He's messed with Wesley before about the the Cleon pain sticks and making creatures heads, oh, yeah. heads explode. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So maybe he's just uh, a guy who likes his jokes. Yeah, you know, so, uh, sometimes you know those people. There are people who uh, would rather make jokes than kind of address any seriousness because it's how they cope. Yeah. So one in the first, ep- the second episode, right? They all get the poly water intoxication. And the running joke is that everyone is bad at their jobs. Yes. But um, here they're, they're doing a pretty good job of following procedure and doing things by the book. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, even even in um, Riker's kind of uh, devil-may-care attitude, TM, um, you know, Jordy says, hey, look, you we got to follow protocol here, man. Let's, let's get this looked at. We don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah. And you usually have a clip show because you're out of money. And these guys are so out of money. Oh. <laughs> but then they make... <laughs> They make this little forest set with the water, and they actually have the crew put their uni- their costumes in this context into the water, which can't yeah. be great for uh, maintenance. Yeah, it means you got to get that stuff clean or make a new one. Yeah, like I'm not a hundred percent, but I don't know if Riker's leg injury has ever showed as an actual hole in his uniform, or if they just mocked up a fake leg yeah. with a fake ripped uniform. <laughs> You don't want to rip the real uniform. Well, I mean, it, it kind of looked like it was really ripped when he was on the planet. Um, okay. But maybe that was kind of smoke and mirrors, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't keeping a real sharp eye That's out, fair. I'll be honest. So, um, so yeah, so then you get everyone's uniforms wet and everything, which, you know, I appreciate the commitment. Um, to saying, yeah, no, 
why do we wear this stuff on the planet? But, um... Well, the other thing, too, that's kind of weird, and this is just from kind of like a, a military training kind of things that happen in boot camp perspective, you know, but taking care of your feet's actually, like, serious business. Like, you, uh, yeah. it's a weird thing to say if you're not accustomed to it, but if you're going to be out in the woods, you know, doing wood things, taking care of your feet, making sure that they're dry, making sure that uh, you treat any infections, blisters, you know, the moment they happen is a big deal. Um, but when they get into, like, this water with who knows what in it, it looks like, the, I mean, they're just wearing, like, these like these kind of froofy shoes. Like, these shoes do not look like they're survival shoes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like the same shoes so. they wear to dinner, which they're either wearing, like, Timberlands to dinner or, like, some sort of survival shoe or... It's made of some space age material that can do everything and look any way it wants. Exactly, which is usually the assumption until you know a muscle thorn tries to <laughs> dig into your leg. Wait a minute! I thought like, our pants what? were supposed to absorb you know light to medium um, impacts. Yeah, well, you have defective pants. It looks like Riker. Yeah, I I suppose I would rather accept that than. Yes, Riker, you have defective pants conversation. <laughs> I don't want to hear that conversation in this episode. <laughs> I mean, if it's one less flashback, I'll consider it. But mostly, I don't want to have the conversation. So this is kind of interesting, too. It made me wonder how they make... Uh, like, they're starting to get into the realm of making custom graphics that move. Like, until, I think now, or maybe in the past few uh, episodes, we've only ever seen, like hey, look, this screen has blinking things, and then some character explaining to us what the blinking lights mean. But this yeah. is actually a graphic that you can infer certain things based on the graphic design alone. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's all hand-drawn and animated at this point. Okay. So you, you notice you've got like the kind of cartoony, the very simple, yeah. vibrantly colored parts that move. Right. And then you have words that kind of scroll around. So uh, I know we talked about the motion picture, how they they actually went through libraries of stuff, and people spent days and weeks making those collections of images just to run on screens in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, excuse me. So yeah, but no, and again, that's that's a graphic they had to make especially for this low budget episode. They made a clip show. Yeah, uh, and I like I like that Picard says, "How can I help?" And you know. Uh, Pulaski responds with, okay, well, I need a sample. All right, fine. And in my experience, when you say, how can I help? The response is usually like, ah, you can't do anything. Just let me do my job. Like, the, it's kind of a, yeah. uh, like, the ball's on my card. You can't do anything. But this is actually shows that they have chemistry. They can work together. Um, there is no kind of weird boundary there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. They're actually working together. Yeah. And we get, uh,. <laughs> Data and Jordy on the planet. <laughs> data and Jordy on the planet. <laughs> um, it, yeah. it looks for a second. It looks like uh, Data's like uh, dual wielding lasers. <laughs> like he's got, one, <laughs> he's got he's got like his double bandolier on. <laughs> but then I realized, yeah. oh wait, tricorder yeah. or whatever. Yeah. If we're, whatever we're calling that now, I don't know if we're still calling that tricorder or not. Yeah, it's a tricorder. Yeah, here they are, and they're like like class A looking shoes, like just getting into the muck. Yeah, but I guess I guess when they come up from the transporter, the transporter if it can screen biofilter, I'm sure it can like also make them dry, kind of thing. I get hope. Yeah, I would also hope. 
Except when it doesn't. Yeah. Maybe the transporter is kind of like the doors. You know, they have a mind of their own. They get, there's a certain, allowed, uh, a certain amount of uh, discretion involved in the transporter's activities. <laughs> yeah. Just like the sliding doors. Sometimes they don't want to. Yeah. So I like this little bit of experimentation and discovery. Right. Again, Data's a super person, but they're pairing it with Geordi's super person-ness. Yeah, and I do like how um, Data mentions, well, hey, no, you're more at risk, Geordi, because you're human, I'm an android, ha-ha. And then Geordi's response is like, well, maybe I like the androids more than I like humans. You know, so it's Data trying to distance himself from being a human and Geordi including him as being a human. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. and I like that because it really annoys me every time Data's like, I'm not really a human. I'm like, shut up. Just You don't have a whole bunch of, like, you're not, you don't open your chest plate and there's a whole bunch of cogs just whirling around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, what really, a this nerd. Is... <laughs> Talking about fossilization. Yeah. I, uh... So here we get a little bit of explanation as to the plot, which is... Yeah, again, pretty cool sci-fi idea. Yeah, and also, you know, if you're doing geological survey, you want reports about the planet as much as possible. That way, if you have to send people down again, they know what to look out for. Yeah, I mean, let's be let's let's be honest. If you're sending down two-man survey teams for a planet, you're going to be sending down a lot of two-man survey <laughs> yeah, teams. It's going to take a while. <laughs> um, maybe there were some other survey teams that that uh, were down there that we just didn't know, like the the B and Z class survey teams. Yeah. I mean, I like to assume, yeah. personally. Right. But, yeah. It's like, you're always right, Data, so Riker's dead. Sucks to be him. Oh, well, I need a new <laughs> commanding officer. How do you feel about being... <laughs> so, so couldn't they just cut the leg off? Couldn't they just cut it off and give uh, him I mean, a robot leg yeah. or a clone leg? <laughs> yes. Yes. I did not think of that because I was still trying to figure out like where they were going with it. And I did. Yeah. By the time they were like it's spreading, I was like, okay, fine. Um, but then, yeah, you're totally right. They could have just totally cut it off. <laughs> I'm just a nurse with a saw, but what if? <laughs> well, you want to <laughs> mutilate commanders? Like, well, or we could just let him die. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah good I mean, point. look, look, he'll he'll be on crutches for a few weeks and he'll have a weird baby leg, but then it'll grow out yeah. and he'll be fine. Yeah, you have to do physical therapy. Yeah, and the weird thing about kind of this too, and his arm, I guess now. Um, but the weird thing kind of about this too is that you would expect there to be a medical protocol, like it. Any scientific organization, I would expect to also be able to think of instances in which they don't have a response, and so, like a response as far as medical science goes. So they do something drastic, like okay, listen. If some dude's leg gets infected and you can't figure out what it is, but it's spreading, uh, just cut off the leg. <laughs> we, yeah. we can totally make a new one. It's fine. No big deal. Uh, point number two. It's the future, dummies. <laughs> yeah. So I like that they have Riker's tents when no one's looking and then he kind of relaxes for for Picard. This is probably the best Riker episode we've gotten so far. Uh-huh. Maybe the one with the Cleons is better. I do kind of like the one with the Klingons. Um, yeah. I do like how you see this behavior from Riker, and then eventually he, he explains it as, you know, I have to set an example, and facing death is the truest test of character because, you know, you're obviously not doing it for anyone because you're about to die. Um, 
Yeah. So it, it you're doing it for yourself. Right. And of course, Riker has a, you know, animals being animals yep. sort of a view to it. Which, I mean, I think is good. So, you know, it kind of echoes that uh, Picard sense that you can make all the right decisions and still lose. Right. That, um, I do also like you know, this you wanna... as well. He's like, listen, why don't you get off my ass and let me do my job? <laughs> He's like, all right, yeah. fine. So even though they've only had one episode with conflict, uh, <laughs> here you see that they've they've developed an underlying respect enough to say these sorts of things right. to each other. Which you know, I mean, so. that that's oh man, I would love to be part of a team that was like that. That would be so cool. <laughs> a team doing anything. It doesn't even have to be, you know, space stuff or, or programming stuff. It could just be, you know, building a house or something. I don't know. Yeah, no. I like you, this little bit about the rattlesnake. Them. It's good. Online shooting games, but yeah, the uh, I, I I have to wonder how old that joke is because I've heard the Chuck Norris version of all <laughs> so it makes you wonder yeah. if it's like a form of joke that kind of is told where place where rattlesnakes kind of exist. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I, I I assume it's old. Yeah. So this uh this is going to be kind of the beginning of the thing that kind of bothers me about this episode, other than it being a clip show is that uh, in the original series, we, we got not everything was resolved with Vulcan space magic, but we got some, like we got a good bit, a healthy dose of Vulcan space magic. And the only one that really has space magic in this crew is Troy. Um, We got some superpower, super strength and that sort of deal, but nothing that's kind of magical. The way I get you, I get you. And so, this is they're setting. The, yeah, the, they're the about to set this up perfectly for her, and totally not consider her as like <laughs> the main driver. Pulaski just steals her seat in the driver's seat. It's a little frustrating. I don't know if anyone is in the driver's seat here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, no. Spock would have Spock did solve plots with mind melds right. and, and stuff like that. So, um. You know the fact that her her empathy is really just a barometer for how well things. It is part of the solution because it gives Doctor Pulaski feedback. Right, but Doctor Pulaski is the one that that that's dialing in the knobs to eventually save Riker, where she's just kind of reporting the weather in this very emotional girlfriend sitting by the the hospital bed way. You know, I mean, she's. We're even going to get a clip in this clip show where she says, "I can't let my emotions affect helping other people sort out their emotion," and then she becomes super emotional. Like they, it's just everything that they do with her just undercuts her ability to solve problems, which is really frustrating. I, I, I believe that she contributed to this in the same way Picard and Jordy and Data did. Um. Obviously, she didn't, like, come up with a solution. Does she come up with a solution? Anyway. But, yeah, no. She's not physically doing the things that save Riker, no. Also, I kind of want to criticize whoever's decision was to make this shot. I can totally see the 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 pipe within a pipe of these needles. So you see yeah. them, like, going in. Like, who thought that zooming in was a good idea when you had this deal? Like, that, that seems like <laughs> such a silly... I mean, it, you zoom because, into the flaw of the needle that's supposed to be the smoke and mirrors that gives you this illusion. That yeah, but look, the outer casing's still moving; the inner casing's not, so it looks like it's still going in. It does not. You know how you know I, how the work. It's like seeing the trick, the magic trick, laid bare. 
Because I have spent a long time shattering all of your illusions about Star Trek special effects. <laughs> and we are watching this uh, several years later in HD. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's effective. Uh, I did not, did not think it was effective. But maybe that is just an artifact of the time in which I'm watching this. Yeah. You, you know a lot of these tricks. But, you know, in terms of cool, we're going to put probes into his brain uh, effects... It's a pretty cool idea to be like, nope, now we got to put sticks in his brain. Yep. we got to do Kerplunk on Riker. Yeah, and then we just have Troy in the background being an emotional girlfriend. <laughs> she's she's raising the emotional tone for us. She, she's giving us the stakes. She, she's telling us how we should feel, which is pretty basic storytelling. I get you. But it's something. I think she's tracking the episode better here than she does in a lot of episodes where she's just like, I don't want to be here today, so whatever. <laughs> hey, look, it's Babyface Riker. We get Babyface Riker again. Yeah, yeah. Really disappointed they couldn't reuse these crystals for something. These crystals are cray. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like going through this entire episode uh, with the whole South Park Memberries bit. Just member? Member? <laughs> member Ferengi? <laughs> Yeah, this is like really bad footage. Like this footage seems like unnaturally bad for a second, and then it gets really clear. Yeah, well, I mean, it's green screens, and it might have been blue screens back in the day. Yeah, who knows? This episode is this show is so old. Um, uh, but yeah, I just Not, I, 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 did, I refuse to believe that she doesn't have more control of her emotions. You know, she she can't. She's a professional. It's like. It's like a psychologist going to a funeral for a patient. She's not going to cry. I mean, she's done it before. Did she cry at Yara's funeral? She she cries places. She feels things. <laughs> it's basically her whole job on the show, Derek. Well, that's what she I'm saying. It, her job could be so much more. It could be so much it more than be. just being. You're the one that's allowed to have emotions. Everyone else is going to be professional around you and just undercut that fact. But you're the one that's allowed to have emotions. So you got to be the emotional heart. Of the Enterprise. The bleeding and exposed emotional heart on a sleeve of the Enterprise. Yes. Yeah, that's what rim state means. <laughs> you know this, Troy. I know you know this. You're just too yeah, she, you're too she, high she, to she remember. Yeah. I um So yeah, this is the part where the episode gets less good. Yes. I mean the th- weird thing is is that it's not even a bottle episode. They obviously spent money on this thing. Yeah. So maybe they're like, eh, we're going to spend some money to make a good clip show instead of doing a bottle episode with some other thing. (laughs) Where it's like, Riker, did you have sex with the fungoids from Fungoid 3? Nope. Oh, my leg's numb. Oh, and there it is. Yeah, and And I, you know, I I just feel like you could have taken this episode, you could have, Troy could have had, like, unleashed, gone to, like, you know, powered up Kamehameha style, you know, had yeah. her full Betazoid special technique that she's never tried because she's not full Betazoid. And then you could have navigated this emotional labyrinth of Riker in order to eventually determine, hey, look, um, this, is, this is how we can save him. Um, the virus seems to not spread when um, it, lo- it looks like Riker's emotionally about to die because if that happens, then the Riker knows it's in a bad hope. It, the infection knows that it's in a bad host. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, uh, I like that. You know, environmental stressors being, uh, 
a thing for the virus. Right. Um, or the not virus. I think she said it had qualities of being Yeah, it's it's always something you've never seen before. And the thing that's frustrating is like you can have problems with things you've seen before. Like not you don't have yeah. to reach the top shelf every time. I mean, you have medical science now that you know, HIV is a virus. We know that. We just don't know how to fix it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that you can still have problems of things you know about. And that's the thing. And how different everyone looks. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, this is where we get Riker, uh, his xenophobia. I don't know what would you, uh, well, android phobia. I guess I don't know. He's he just, just calls him Pinocchio he's being a, because of his desire to he's be being human. a racist dick. Is what he is. He hasn't seen, look. We've established that it's weird that everyone treats data. Everyone knows like fifty aliens that they went to college. Yeah, with, but everyone treats data like he's a completely different thing. Right. at first sight. Except Jordy. But, um, Jordy's like, no, you're my bro, and you'll we will always be bros. I don't care what anyone says. You're a perfect meek snowflake human. I love you. Data. Love you, Data. Data calling out problematic behavior. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I know you can see how different his makeup is. Oh, it's yeah, very... for sure. It's more, it's less green, right? Especially yeah. right here. Like, <laughs> you can see the pink tones in his cheeks. Yeah, you can. So. And then, uh, like, then you start seeing, like, how young Brett Spider was. <laughs> you know, like, oh, damn, son. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he looks a little older in like full Jordy, uh, full data makeup, like full like green covering over his. <laughs> yeah, so but there there's some good episodes here. Like this is a fun bit. Uh, if you don't take it seriously, if you do, it's it's kind of garbage. Yeah, but... I mean you know it, it it makes sense from you know everyone is kind of raised now to just kind of go to the internet to kind of look to do research to solve their problems. But this is kind of an echo of how you solve problems before the internet, where you looked to a mentor of some kind and he kind of coached you with an example. Um, and that's kind of a a thing we, maybe we don't see as much of anymore. I'm not sure. I want to remind you that, Whenever Wesley asked Riker for help, Riker started macking on Guinan. Yeah. Which... Uh, Worf just screamed at him. Picard's like, yeah, I know nothing. All I know is that I know nothing. And then Wesley's like, yeah, I need to just check the internet. Reddit's got an answer for this. <laughs> yeah, these, yeah. How, how should I mack on a girl? It's my first time. Please help this virgin. Just tell her she's pretty and be yourself, dummy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of a miracle that he didn't end up on our himself. Yeah, so... yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, man, that, that subreddit. Yeah. I so like anyway, that eye roll though. Um, so I, you, I don't know if Riker has thought about this before because it feels like he has. Like looking back at this a second time, it, it, you know, or if this is just like he he he's normally kind of waxing poetic with people, and that's how he gets in the, their pants. I think this is a bit of um, oh, that's good. Not the platonic form, but the simplest form of of this. And they're both playing along, saying, "Hey, yeah. we're we're, not, we're gonna we're just gonna play this broad." Uh, as not as actors, but as characters being actors. I hate this scene, by the way. <laughs> I'm kinda... I know you do. <laughs> I know... Like I accept that they used to bang. They're emotionally close. Riker's not over the banging, but Troy still values Riker. Yeah. I don't get why she values Riker because yes, Riker's. I also don't get that. <laughs> Riker's likability has been like a diesel truck. Yes. <laughs> and really, we're this. The good thing about the second season is that long path to Riker finally earning. All of the attention that the plot gives. Him. Oh, okay. Because um, he's, you know, the first season is like, "Hey, Riker, it's great," and we're like, "Why? <laughs> Source, please. <laughs> yes. Citation needed." Yes. 
Uh, but in season two, Riker does things that are likable, and he becomes more of a character than like a cookie cutter protagonist. Yeah. So I'll I'll save it for the supplemental. Right. That's but fair. Um, you know, I I believe these two are emotionally close without being sexually close, even if Riker has trouble. with Yeah, that. I mean, and I I don't yeah, and that's my that's my central issue is just Riker having trouble with that. I mean, they should both like Troy needs to just like stop. Uh, no, go, not goading him. What am I looking for? What's the word where you're like, not leading him on, but something like that. Not calling him out on that. Yes. You should like, listen, you dude. Stop you not either, calling you're, him out We're either emotional or we're not. Like, you can't just pretend like it never happened one day and then pretend like it's the only thing in your world the next day. Yeah. So here so. it is. Like, like they did cooperate to make that solution. Um, but once again, you know, Pulaski's the one that's down on the here. Yeah, I, th- I think that's... I don't think that's such a huge... Remember this episode? Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's super short. Um, the only the only thing we had for this episode is like, look, guys, too. Look at this guy. Super short shorts, all oiled and muscly. Which is appreciated, but I'm just saying that generally... <laughs> the worst that's the masseuse ever? She's not even trying. Look at this. She's just... Ugh. Like I, you're, you think this is a massage? I'm pretty sure it's, it's all just foreplay. This is, <laughs> yeah, about this to... is the Aryan sex plan. Yeah, the, yeah, this is where they're about to have this big orgy. They're just prepping up. Yeah. So I mean, this is all they do apparently. I mean, there's no, I don't see any art on the walls. Yeah. It's a funny vases. So but... this bought a lot of, uh, that makes sense. Okay, we actually walked into orgy prep. That's kind of erotic. Um, <laughs> here, instead of some new thing they could have shot with Troy. Where it's like, yeah. hey, look, this is the first time that we met. Oh, man, this is when we became Zadi or whatever. We get his love affair with a fictional being as being intensely erotic. Oh, man, that makes me aggravated. It just okay, really look, chaps me. It's super weird. Yes. I also didn't watch that movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix where he fucks a phone, I think. <laughs> I but there are people who become seriously emotionally invested uh, in these things and in, in Things they know are artificial, and if you cried when when Eris died, then maybe just maybe just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I but see here weird, like as weird as it is, Riker loved Minuet. Yeah, yeah, not not Troy and never Troy. <laughs> yeah, like thank it God she been... doesn't have telepathy, right? Like because he's gonna wake up and she's gonna punch the shit out of him. This could have been. They could have shot a Troy. And Riker scene, and I'm not sure why they didn't do that. Right, like because like think they it have Troy. A little, it would be kind of like a little island of reprieve in the clip show. You know what I mean? You you could go into a back lot and just have them take off their makeup and be like, "Will uh, this has meant more to me than has ever been?" He's like, "Deanna, uh, I remember this always is the place we met." And then like a Volvo drives by, yeah. and then they just throw it. Yeah, just like give you don't us need something. to get crazy with it. Just yeah, like just it's a great idea. I never good. thought of it. Yeah, um, just a little something to give us that uh, noodle incident of a right. relationship like, and see, between Riker thing. and Troy. With, with when fans like a thing, then we get like this one night stand. Still no Troy, um, you know. But with fans who like a thing, like you don't have to give them a lot. You just you just have to like plant the germ of a suggestion, and they'll run with it. Like they'll ship Riker and Troy easy. Um, but yeah. all you ever do is talk about it. You don't show it at all. And in my my perspective is that their relationship is in the past, yeah. and therefore shipping it is is 
not something that I personally would do. So, uh, you know, and the episode, the show never makes up its mind where that's concerned yeah. in terms of our will they, won't they, and Riker. It's a will they, won't they on the will they or won't they. Uh-huh. So anyway, but Riker has plenty of erotic memories that have nothing to do with romance, <laughs> yes. like this one yeah, and the previous like, one. Uh, remember all those times I put my dick in things? Oh, good times. It's good times. I mean, Which it on, is. You, I mean, you're... generally when you put your dick in things, it's good times. There should be one where, like, he's looking at one of those the <laughs> little black screens in the hallway, <laughs> and like around the corner, there's like some nice curves. Like, yeah, <laughs> he looks around, and it's just like a pile of storage containers that are kind of round. It's like, oh. <laughs> and then, then going to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just like sprinkle in just some weirdness because um, it gets a little weird later. They get like they yeah. get full on like I'm about to die sort of imagery. <laughs> just, just, you just like Riker discovering his kinks for the first time as a young twenty <laughs> yeah. something, and then the fungus can just can just uh, kink shame him with death. <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember, I remember when I, I learned that I love being spanked. You know, <laughs> and so I was like, no, 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 no. Those are definitely a very specific set of memories that my wrist hasn't recovered from. No, no, no. It's killing him. It's killing him. <laughs> uh, God, I keep me. I need to give him that thing back. But my mom took it. All right, so what are we doing? Brain endorphins. Brain endorphins. So uh, yeah, no, we gotta. I guess we didn't know what neurochemicals were. They were all just brain endorphins. Hey, look, you, look. Troy's half beta Z. She, she's got she's got uniform ga- unicorn gas and uh, freaking sunshine <laughs> sparkles running around up in there. She's yeah. got she's. See, and that's yeah, the integrate thing. two it's different like, systems. Even Pulaski's the one that ex- explaining emotions. Oh, well, okay, listen, guys, too soon, way too soon. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I don't appreciate this at all. I really, I love Tasha. I'm upset that she's not in. And then you just, you brought it back, didn't you? You sons of bitches. Yeah, and it it is effective at showing the emotional range of this series so far, which is part of the point of this episode. Yeah. Saying, hey, we had sexy times, we had adventure times, we had death times. Remember when Yara died? <laughs> Shut so, up, son of a bitch. She never died. She just went on vacation. <laughs> so the appearance of Yara, I believe, makes this the only episode that's got every member of the cast so far in it. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Yara and Crusher here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes it? sense. Um, really yeah. kind of weird how long it takes Crusher to determine that she's dead. <laughs> like, uh, this, it's this, refusal this to believe. Is, you still have declared her dead. Yeah, this thing is angrily beeping at you. And you're like, uh, yeah, I still don't know. <laughs> Give me a second. I need to beep at me a little more. All right, now she's yeah. dead. Now she's My dead. beeper's got to calm down, man. It's yeah. real tense after this. Yeah. You need to chill out. I, um, yeah, remember, remember when Troy had a baby? Like a whole person yes. come out of her? yes. And then she loved it, and it died, and she never talked about it again. Yeah, and we'll never talk about it, I'm sure. But here, you know, we're going to keep talking Rem- about it. Yeah, anyway, remember when she, somehow. like, was able to wear things that were not, like, so deep-cut low-V? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she, she's got a wardrobe. But yeah, they're all kind of they're all kind of cut from the same pattern. Yeah. Anyway, it's hard to yeah. have makeup. And I feel time. like this undercuts her. Like, this just, like, solidifies the, oh, she's just the emotional one. Um, and she can't use her Beta Z powers at all to help help Riker. Yeah. Well, I mean, her her powers are written to be completely receptive. But then again, why are they written that way? Yeah. Couldn't they just 
write them another way where she's like, no, I can get like a a little incense thing and swing it around and yeah. bam. Well, yeah, emotions. and like you can you can explore things like I'm sure in Beta Z culture, half Beta Zs are probably rare. And so what half Beta Zs can do, especially when they merge with humans, maybe hasn't been explored. And so maybe there's some sort of secret sauce that only Troy can do. Um, because she's half human, half beta dead. I don't know. But, I mean, you could definitely make something that I she's like the, part I of I like the Dana Mulder just looking into little red lights here. <laughs> yeah. It's just, she, she commits to it. Yeah, no, she she's commits good, to it. Yeah. But are you saying that Deanna Troy is the star baby? <laughs> she could she, be. I'm saying she could be the star baby. And it's a little frustrating that she isn't. All right. I'd also contest that beta zoids in humans crossbreeding is probably not rare. Have you met Luoxana? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe Luoxana has, like, 30 illegitimate children everywhere just running around. <laughs> She's like a harem of human dudes. <laughs> She's like the opposite of Max Bialystok. Successful and has a whole bunch of young dudes. Yeah. She's just like, what up? It's Luxana. <laughs> yep. Play is gonna play. <laughs> it is gonna hate. She just flies in on her own personal shuttlecraft, <laughs> takes him to space Disneyland. <laughs> or is it Disney space? Whatever. So, they're gonna have a great, uh, we're gonna have a great, um, time at a, thing dudes like to do the the, the great outdoors yeah you go to the great outdoors and then disney space i don't know i don't know <laughs> how that reverses well, you can't just take a dude to tiffany's yeah i guess you can well i mean loxana yeah. would and you're like no you love tiffany's would, yeah. remember like we you remember when you bought that thing for me you should buy that thing for me you love tiffany's loxana <laughs> <laughs> would totally take dudes on her dream date yes. when she's trying to be yes. a sugar mama that, would, uh, that that's is exactly what she would yeah, do that's 100 <laughs> percent not only think something that she would do that she probably has done. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, here, like, I'm kind of surprised. Like in Klingon culture, uh, this isn't considered a dick move. Like he totally like sucker punched him for sure. Yeah, it's just you know that guy, that dude let his guard down because he underestimated Riker. I think it's completely fair. Yeah, I mean it, it's true. I just kind of I guess the way. Uh, Worf presents Cleon culture in his weeaboo fashion. You know, it's like, no, honor is the most important thing. Uh, Klingons would yeah. never sucker punch other Klingons. Yeah, but we accept that Cleon doesn't know, that Worf doesn't know anything because he's a f***ing weeb. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, like we take everything he says about Cleon culture with a grain of salt because yeah. he learned it from uh, the manga. So, are we really saying that Riker is more Klingon than Worf? Is that what's happening? <laughs> like, he's actually he's actually served time on a Klingon vessel as opposed to Worf who hasn't? Uh, I think the thing is, is that it's very hard to say who's better at a culture. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um, you know, like, if you have a kid who grew up with German parents as an American versus a kid who maybe lived in Germany... Uh, for a year, right? Like, they have yeah. different experiences with what it means to be German. Yeah, and, you know, they, yeah. they, it's also a random sample as well. Because random exactly. kids and then whatever you experience in Germany. Yep. I mean, we're from the South, so we have a very... Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, know. our South is totally not the South of Texas. I learned that pretty <laughs> quick. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, mine is, but that that, that, that's the point. That's very much the point. That, that jump kick uh, is so funny. You just... <laughs> It's great. I, just, I actually picture... I'm sure they got a guy in there who could kick that high. Yeah. But I do picture that it was on a stick. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. 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 Right in the face. So anyway. Um, Getting a lot of like dream know, ex- acting. In a coma dream acting from Riker here. Yeah. I, uh... 
But you know, experiences are subjective, TLDR. Yes. But to Marina Sirtis' credit, she's nailing Deanna Troy. Yeah, well, I mean, she's, having feelings. Giving, she's nailing the direction that she's been given. Um, I just take umbrage with the direction she's been given. In the writing, and the... Yeah. The role, yeah. It's like, if we hit that bullseye... <laughs> <laughs> But you know, this is a, this is an episode we take this for granted, where two women are figuring out how to save someone. Yeah, that's true. With brains uh, and skill, we don't really think we don't have a concept of like, oh, women can't do this. But in the '90s, that was totally a thing. <laughs> so I mean, the original series could have never done this, yeah, right? Right. Yeah, you're right. So um, again, they had some smart, competent women in the '90s, and they got to do stuff, but they didn't really drive it and take control the way they do in this series. In this this episode specifically, right? So you know, all nitpicking aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There, you know, there there's a lot of um, you know, there are a lot of X chromosomes here, and it's good. Yeah, it's twice as much as as we would usually see. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're exactly uh, right. So we're doing things. I didn't notice. I think until this episode that um, she's got the same slidey triangles on her board that McCoy had on his. Okay. Yeah, except hers are just in that giant, you know, big screen in the background. It's really weird that, like, he's a big dude. Like, Riker's a tall dude. And, yeah. Yeah. like, so, like, when he breathes up and down, because I guess he's supposed to be convulsing, like, the whole machine's <laughs> shaking, and so it kind of, like, those needles just being in his head and not secured at all to his skull, just like, oh, cool, so they're giving him, like, micro lobotomies right now. <laughs> because he didn't secure those needles. That's cool. Yeah. Ah, the Jockey episode. For- yeah, surprisingly good one. Yeah. Oh man, we made so many Scarelli jokes. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a horrible human being. <laughs> so yeah, um, that was good though. The yeah. Ferengi whips. Oh yeah, do we ever whips. see these again? I, I may have asked this question before, but oh man, that does not look like a whip at that point. That looks kind of like a dildo. <laughs> yeah, once it gets straight, it's. I mean, that's kind of how it works, but. Uh, <laughs> We do, we do see a Ferengi whip once okay. more. Because I kind of, I kind of would like it if this is the only time you ever see it, and you're like, hey, no, um, like you're, you're in some kind of locker, and like everyone's being outfitted with weapons, and there's a Ferengi there, and like he gets a different <laughs> weapon. I was like, wait, yeah. what happened to the whip? You know, I've, I've totally been hit with one of these. Like, oh no, only, <laughs> only dummies use whips. It's so, <laughs> look how he drops. I did not know that's the first yeah. time he drops his taser in the the muck. Yeah, like the show must go up. on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Props is gonna have a talk with Burton. <laughs> yeah, <right>. so <laughs> it's coming out of your paycheck. So what? Ten bucks? Aw. <laughs> so yeah. No, I'm saying I, um, that's how much the the whatever costs. The phaser. Yeah, phaser. These, they probably cost more than that. It's ridiculous because yeah. they're all handmade. Anyway, yeah, yeah, you could buy these from Mattel a little while later. Maybe they started <laughs> using those. But no, I had one. I had a little phaser. Oh, neat. So, um, anyway, uh, I'm going with that. I don't like this, like this line that Troy's about to have, uh, really bothers me because she's so emotional. She just wants to say like, oh, it's, isn't that good enough? 7%. You take this tricorderzine back. You're too tall. Get out of here. Yeah, Get out of here. You, your Y, your Y chromosome. Send an average sized nurse. (laughs) Tricorderzine. Overhead shot, and you're still too tall. Um, I'm sorry, what were you saying about Troy? <laughs> I I just, oh, no, wait. I, I, I think I overlooked it. Okay. Um, 
So there's a point in time when Troy's like, "Isn't that good enough? Didn't we reduce the growth enough?" And he's like, "No, it's yeah. not good enough because it's above zero. Yeah, we we reduced growth rate. We didn't yeah. reduce the amount of. It's not a fungus. I keep calling it a fungus, yeah. but <laughs> we didn't reduce the amount of fungus. We just yeah. made it grow less. So, which is a fine lesson to have. You just Weird, you have to have it with an adult. Yeah, with an adult so. that is also supposed to be the best at emotions. She's supposed to be the best at emotions of anyone else on this crew. It's okay for her to have emotions. It's just she's supposed to be more familiar with all of the different types of flavors of emotion than than the people here currently. Yeah. As you wish. <laughs> yeah. That's a clip for another movie. That probably hasn't come out yet. Yeah. As of, as of this thing. Ugh. So yeah. Oh man, Gosh, <clears throat> be doing stuff. But they do manage to to weave all of these adventure moments together, these Riker scenes, yeah, uh, together. And at the end, when they start reeling them back pretty quickly, I think it's effective. I mean, it's a clip show. It's effective. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, my read on it was, oh look at Babyface Ward. Um, <laughs> my read on it was. You know, it, he gets. They they go from okay, it can't be pleasurable. It's got to be sad, and they're like, oh wait, no, it's got to be. It can't be sad. It's got to be him in danger, and then as the clip show builds up, it gets kind of. There's this tone of I'm about to die. I'm about to die. I'm about to die. Just flashing over and over again, and right. my take on it was that they essentially generated a near death experience for Riker, in which the that the infection or fungus or whatever it is um, says, oh, I got to balance. This thing's about to die, and I haven't done the thing I normally do. Yeah. And that's how they, yeah. <laughs> they save Riker. Yeah. The, I'm trying to find a way to expound on that. I haven't done the thing I was supposed to do outside <laughs> of a reproductive context of spreading its seed. Well, yeah, but, and then, um, but the other thing, too, is like it, it doesn't tell you. They're like, oh, it has some relationship with the vine. We don't know. It's like, okay, so yeah. it infects you. How would it spread? Like, how is it connected to the vine well? It's uh, like a fern. Well, yeah, I think it kills things, and the plant feeds on it. Yeah. So I guess there's no uh, reproductive urge. Uh, okay. It's just a, a poison. It's just a, a feeding way. So. And here it is. This is where it gets ramped up. So, I mean, there, yeah. there's this narrative that, like, supposedly in, like, shamanic cultures, shamans have to have, like, a near-death experience. So what I'm trying to say is I think Riker's a shaman now. <laughs> So he could take it's, over the counseling position of Troy, and we could just let Troy get high all day. He could. He could. She knows a lot about drugs, though. <laughs> Lots about drugs. Yeah. Oh, look. A non-animating thing. We must have won. <laughs> we must have won. <laughs> uh, so it's good. And it, you know, despite all of the limitations, they did manage to build to a climax. Yeah. Uh, like... The story in this one is sound, even if a lot of the other things really aren't, like the execution. Yeah, I think this story had a lot of promise. Like, I would want to flip this episode and kind of just bring in some Betazoid powers and let uh, Troy kind of have the... Sh- or share the spotlight, where they're, they're kind of going back and forth instead of Pulaski the, is the thing and she's just this crying girlfriend. I'd like Troy to be yeah. more confident. And we could have had the same high points. Um, if you had to have a clip show, you know... Sprinkle him some Troy there. That way, the whole Mzadi thing makes more sense. Um, yeah. Or at least it has more depth to it. 
So yeah. But uh it's good. Yeah. We tried I, to kill you unsuccessfully, I might add. You're you're quite honest. There's, there's some uh uh, again, good parts of this. I think these actors carry this episode, yeah. and they kind of have to because it's not super great. Um, just you just feel like you've done this before, and it's Star Trek's rewatchable in my opinion. Uh, but somehow this it just completely kills you to watch a clip show. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm not a fan of the clip show until uh, until you get to Community, and then it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but only community. Community, like, you know, uh, girl I mean, and girls were allowed to do it just because everybody's beautiful. And then community, um, you know, did some innovation with it, which is nice. Yeah. And they do a little little gag here. I think it's the same gag from Star Trek Four, but it's yeah, fine. But it's good. It's I so, like how Picard, yeah. like, without words, recognizes that Riker's being Riker. And he's, like, messing with him. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, no. Well, that's good that you're a captain because I'm an admiral, so there. yeah i uh yeah and Riker's sense of humor is something that was mentioned in a previous episode yeah where um you know it's to his advantage and he uses it here so it's great yeah um so that's season two in the can final thoughts uh, final thoughts on shades of gray um you know i i'd like to flip this episode i think the premise is sound uh you know i like the idea of Plant infects person. Um, plant responds to emotions based off and uses it to gauge kind of how viable the host is. And mm-hmm. um, you know, then I would make Troy kind of be or Troy have a lot more of a, a factor in solving kind of the emotional riddle that we're presented with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Plasi could totally be there, but um, you know, I wouldn't make it a clip show. Um, you know, we could maybe have a flashback or two, but not a clip show. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the thing is, I there are a few episodes I missed on my first watch through Star Trek The Next Generation, uh-huh. because that's how television worked back then. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, and a friend described this episode to me, and he's like, was that a real episode, or was I dreaming? And I'm like, it sounds like you were dreaming. I don't <laughs> think it was a real episode. <laughs> and yet it turned out years later. And that, uh, you know, I didn't not... Yeah, not not the internet, but a, a Star Trek compendium. I'm like, oh, that's a real episode. Uh, well, that sucks. <laughs> Difficult to believe. And we're all, Difficult yeah, to believe. wanted to believe otherwise. All right, uh, next week we're going to be doing the supplemental. Yep. But uh, after that we're going to be doing Evolution. You just want to do up Evolution now? Um, yeah, so... Season 3, um, episode 1. Season 1, um, Evolution. What, we get this weird face on Picard. Like he looks like <laughs> looks like he's holding in a fart. Like he's trying not to. Like because he feels like he's gonna <laughs> pants, but he can't leave his chair for some reason. Like that's the face that I see. And, okay. Um, there's some smoke in the background. A woman in the background that I, I don't think I've seen before. She's kind of got this pompadour thing going on. She's not very warfy. Um, she is not very warfy. And this is what we get from Netflix. The Enterprise is carrying an intimate. Uh, eminent scientist Dr. Paul Stubbs who's 40 years from retirement um, <laughs> to the site of a binary star where they're expecting a massive stellar explosion I don't know okay so yeah I mean there's not a lot to go on here maybe the smoke has something to do with the explosion affecting the Enterprise somehow um, maybe systems failure and they gotta you know gimp, you know like kind of uh, gimp along until they can like get full systems and get out of there. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't know what this episode is going to be about. I have no context for this. Fair enough. Uh, we will see next time. Well, we won't see next time. The we next will see time. two times hence yes. as we are doing the supplemental next time. Yep. Until then, remember Rand. Hey, I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We watch Star Trek on Netflix, we hold our conversations on Google Hangouts, and we record with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. All files are hosted on vanvelding.com, hosted by DreamPress, powered by WordPress. If you have any questions or comments about the Beige and the Bold, please feel free to leave a comment at vanvelding.com or tweet at vanvelding. Thank you, and remember